Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. The following podcast is part 157 in the series Contending for the Faith. This is a morning service of Sunday the 2nd of July 2017, entitled Two Eternal Abodes, Heaven and Hell, Part 3. And the Bible reading is taken from Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 to 8. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. I've been looking forward to getting back to, uh, uh, to this in our series on two eternal abodes, heaven and hell. Uh, one is a great, great joy to preach about. Um, the other one is an absolute necessity to preach about. Revelation chapter 21, I invite you to stand to honor the reading of God's holy word, beginning in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second death. Father, thank you so much again for this time this morning. We ask now that you would bless, that you would speak to hearts as only you can. May each one respond in whatever is needed here this morning. We'll give you praise for it in Christ's name. Amen and amen. It's been a few weeks as we have had a number of things going on with our missions conference and then things to follow, Father's Day. And as we look here again this morning, we're thinking about what we hear about. In verse 1, we read about a new heaven and a new earth. We read about the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven and those wonderful things that are going to accompany that. And we read about in verse 8, the ones that are not in that new heaven and new earth. They're the ones, the unbelieving, the abominable, and those list of characters there that will have their part in the lake which burneth. There are only two places, folks, and we can look at it in a lot of different ways. We will spend eternity either with God or without God. If we are with God, then we will experience life for all of eternity. If we are without God, then we will experience Death for all of eternity. Life is only found with God. Life, everlasting life, 
will be all that is known in that place called heaven for all of eternity. But death, not annihilation, but an existence without God, and we'll look at many of those things, there's only the two ways. There's only two places for eternity. And so as we begin to look, we said first of all that as we look into God's Word that we don't just want to confirm these two truths as we look here, but we want to attempt as much as, as is humanly possible to grasp and understand these things. I genuinely believe that in the necessity of contending for that faith that was once for all delivered to us in the Word of God that we have before us, I believe that these are foundational, fundamental truths to our faith. Many people do not want to believe in a hereafter, in any existence beyond this life. Many would think that when we close our eyes in death, that that is it. But folks, that's not what the Word of God teaches us. And as, as Christians, we cannot believe that. Now, if I can just remind you that we have looked, first of all, as we think about this place called heaven, we looked in the Scriptures and we saw the first heavens, the second heavens, and the third heavens, three places in the Scripture that are referred to as heaven. And, of course, one is our immediate heavens. As we look out there through those windows today, you see our heavens, our skies here upon this earth. The second heaven is that which is beyond that, that you can see more of at night or with a telescope when you look out into the universe and you see all the stars and planets and all that's out there. The Bible refers to that as the second heaven. But it's this third heaven that we have directed our attention towards. And as we look at this third heaven, we read the passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 12 where that the Apostle Paul was writing and he, he said this there in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 to 4, he says, It is not expedient for me, doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. God has given this man something special to record for us in his word. He said, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such an one caught up to the third heaven. Paul says, God's doing this, and he says, to be quite honest. He said, I don't even understand what God's done here. <laughs> I don't know if I was in my body or out of my body or what I was, but God caught me up. The same term that we use for the rapture. We was, he was caught up to that third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth how that he was caught up, this time he calls it paradise, and heard unspeakable words which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Paul said, hey, you know, I'm not even sure what was going on. I'm not sure. I know that God caught me up into this third heaven, this paradise, that there is absolutely no way that I can even find the words to explain what was happening there. So we began to look at this place, and we don't have time to go back through there as we looked at this place that he's, that he's talking about here that 
Paul visited, it is a real place. You see, we use this term heavenly so loosely a lot of times. We have heavenly ice cream and heavenly this and heavenly that, just meaning that it's not, it's not just some term. It is a real place. It is the place that Paul visited. It is the place that the Apostle John visited. We've just read part of that, that, that in, the, in the book of Revelation there. We find also that in Revelation chapter 4, the Word of God said this. He said, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Paul said, Man, there was this door opened into heaven. And notice that term. I've, I've, I've directed you to this many times and many things in Revelation. He said, I heard as it were. In other words, it's kind of like, I, 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 I need to tell you this, but the only way I know to describe it, it was like a trumpet talking to me. And he's telling me to, to come up here. He says, and immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight likened to an emerald. And he goes on describing this place that he visited, that he went to. Now we mentioned a number of things, and I hope you were here. If not, you can go back and get them, but we saw that this was a place, a literal place that these apostles visited, a literal place where God's throne is set there, a literal place where God the Father is the one that is there, that is sitting upon that throne, a literal place that was the location of the Son of God, where He came from, the Bible showed us, when He came here at His first coming to become flesh in this world, the place where He returned back to as they stared looking as He, as he rose back up into heaven to be there with the Father, the place where He is right now as He is there interceding on our behalf, the place that the Bible teaches us that He's coming again from when He comes at His second coming. He came from heaven to earth in His first incarnation. He's coming from heaven to earth for a second incarnation. But we saw not only that, that it is the place, a literal place, where we as saints, if we are a child of God, if we are a believer, the Bible says we have a reservation there. <laughs> I mean, it's a firm reservation. It's one that can't be broken. It's one that your name is there, and it will not be taken away, and nobody else can get your place. You know, sometimes here on earth, you can have a reservation. You can even have a reservation as we'll be getting on a, an airplane in, in, in a few weeks and flying across the, the Atlantic Ocean. You can have a reservation on there, but you know, there's times when you can get bumped off. Because they book too many people. They overbook because they want to make sure all those seats are filled. So in fact, they sell more seats than they've got just so they can make sure. And occasionally, more people show up than they expect to. It's like I was sitting in the airport one time. They come on, they're offering, you know, if you'll wait till tomorrow, we'll put you up in a hotel. We'll move you up to first class and we'll give you a ticket to fly anywhere in the world you want to, round trip. But I had to be back here the next day. <laughs> but people overbook. Reservations in this life aren't firm, but I want you to know it's never overbooked in heaven. <laughs> we see that, you see, it was not only a place, a literal place, but it is 
a prepared place. A place that has been prepared especially by God himself. A prepared place, as we read here in our reading in, in, in Revelation chapter 21, he said that when he saw the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. We'll look at these things, the heaven and, and Zion and, and, and the new Jerusalem and, and all of these things in the next couple of weeks, hopefully. But it's a place that he says in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 to 13, a place prepared for them that love him. Prepared for them that love Him. The place is prepared for those that truly love the Lord with all their heart. Jesus said in John chapter 14 that He was going to prepare a place for us. And if He went to prepare a place, He would come again to receive us unto Himself, that where He is, there you might be also. You see, it was prepared for all those that love Him, but it was prepared especially for you. God prepared a place for you individually. How is He preparing? What has He prepared? You know, there's so many things that we don't know about it. There's so many things that even those that have visited said that, you know, that they can't even find words to express it. They said that eye hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard the things that God has in store for us. Well, there's a lot that we don't know. But we said there's some things we do know. You see... We know it is one of the only two eternal abiding places that there is. We know that it's like nothing that we've ever seen or heard. We know that it's where God himself dwells. We know it's where he sits upon his throne. We know it's where Jesus came from, returned to, is coming down again. We know it's a place where reservations are made for each and every one of us that put our faith in Jesus Christ. We know it's a place where the believer's inheritance has been reserved for him. We know it's a place prepared by God and where Jesus Christ himself has prepared a place for you. If. If. If you belong to Him. You see the place that is prepared in the same place in John chapter 14 that He said that He was going to prepare that place in that same text. Just a few verses down, He said, as we looked at in the Bible study this morning, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. You see, if you're His, if you belong to Him, one day, He's coming to take you to dwell with Him for all of eternity. I know one thing for certain about it this morning. It's the place where I'm going one day. <laughs> it's the place where I'm going because I know with all my heart, I know as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, that His promises are sure. I know that one day, I will be abiding with Him for all of eternity in this place called heaven. And though I don't know a lot about it, boy, I love what I do know. And I know that it's going to be forever. And I'd have to say, what about you? What about you? With whatever else that you may or may not know about heaven, may I say that the most important thing about heaven is to know that your reservation is made there, that there is a place for you. None of it matters if you're not going there. What difference does it make? What God has in store for those that are there, if you're not there. I cannot overstress that. Herbert Spencer, the agnostic scientist, 
he was asked from a scientific standpoint, what would be required to make a heaven? From science's point of view, what would it require to make a heaven? This scientist's answer was simply this. A perfect being in a perfect environment. A perfect being in a perfect environment. And you know, that's absolutely correct. You know, I mean, this worldly scientist, he put it pretty much in a nutshell, that's what's required to have a heaven. Heaven is a place where at this present time, God, a perfect being, is living in a perfect environment. It's been perfectly prepared. In other words, where no zero zilch sin is present, no sin. But of course, it would only take one sin, wouldn't it? It would only take one sin to destroy heaven, just like sin destroyed this earth that you and I live upon today. You see, with sin always comes the curse of sin. With sin always comes death. Sin separates us from God, separates us from life. Therefore, it's only death that's left. If heaven, even though we know that it's there now, and we know that God's there, and we know that He's on the throne, and we know that Jesus has gone back there to prepare a place for us, and we know that He's coming again one day specifically to get us, to take us to our inheritance that's been reserved there for us, we know all of those things. But how is heaven going to remain heaven for eternity if we go there? Surely, nobody could raise their hand and say, yep, I'm a perfect being. I'm a perfect being. Heaven requires a perfect being in a perfect environment. A sinless individual in a sinless environment would be a more biblical description of it. Well, <laughs> it stands to reason that this place that we know, if, even if we accept that it's real and that it's been prepared like nothing else before, in order for it to remain that way, if it's going to do you any good, then it's not only a place, a prepared place, but it's going to take a prepared people. Folks, if you or I or anybody before us or anybody after us were to go there in our current state, and I'm talking right now, I'm talking about as a Christian not as a lost person, not as somebody that's following the world out there. I'm saying that if you were admitted into heaven right now in your current state, heaven would cease to be. Heaven could not exist. But yet, God says that it's an eternal abode. And God says that we will be with Him there for eternity. Turn with me, if you would, to Philippians chapter 3. And notice what it says in verse 20 and 21. He says, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto His glorious body, 
according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Look at this, folks. Four hour. He's talking about the believer. Okay, right now, right now, presently, he was writing to the church at Philippi, but it could just as easy be the congregation at Bethel. He says, our conversation is in heaven. Do you remember when we've looked at that word before, that word conversation there? We said that that word in its original meaning literally was talking about a group of people that were foreigners that came to a place. It was a roster. It was a ledge. In other words, it is a term that you and I would more commonly use today probably as citizenship. <laughs> Their names were put on a roster. Our citizenship is in heaven. As a child of God, right now, as we sit here today, if you have genuinely put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, our citizenship is presently, currently, our conversation, our citizenship is in heaven. That's not something that's going to happen later. Your name is on the roll. There's no question to the certainty of this. Citizenship is certain. It is a present reality. Now, my citizenship, I on this passage one time, matter of fact, I think it was probably the next Sunday after Sister Diane went to glory, and I held up my blue American passport, and I waved it to you, and I said, I am a citizen of the United States of America, and this is my proof. This is my evidence. It shows. Now, I'm not there right now. I'm several thousand miles away here in England. But my citizenship is still there because my name is still on the roll. My name is still there. And that's what that document proves to me. I've got proof of my citizenship in heaven too. And it's a whole lot better than my blue passport. <laughs> that's the Word of God that I hold. This book. You say, preacher, how does that prove it? Because I believe every word in it. It's this book that tells me that my citizenship is is right now in heaven as a child of God when my name is written in the Lamb's book of life I became a citizen of heaven now I've not been there but you know that's a possibility how can you be a citizen of a place that you've never ever visited never ever been to happens all the time you see when our youngest daughter Amber our oldest and our youngest were born here the four in between were on the other side, but when Amber was born here, for example, it could have been the same for both of them. She was born in Sutton Coldfield in Good Hope Hospital. And the fact is, she was born and, and she became a citizen of this country because by natural birth she was born here to a British parent. But even though she was here, she was also had citizenship as a U.S. citizen, as an American citizen. Even though she was born abroad, she got that citizenship because of her parent. <laughs> because of her parent. She legally was a U.S. citizen, even though she had never visited America. She had never set foot up on American soil before. As a matter of fact, we had to prove she was a citizen to be able to go there and stay there for a good while. You see, you may not have been to heaven yet, but I want you to know your citizenship is there now. And you got your citizenship because of who your father is. <laughs> because it's your father's head. You see, Citizenship is certain. Our citizenship is in heaven. Not only, not only when we think of this 
people that's got to be prepared. Look, your citizenship is already there. Citizenship is certain, but secondly, Christ is coming. I promise you. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. My citizenship is in that place called heaven, which is the same place where I'm looking to for the Lord Jesus Christ to come back to. My citizenship is already there. One day, He's coming back here. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, we've already seen where that Jesus promised that He was going to prepare a place for us in heaven. And that he promised if he was going to prepare a place, he was going to come again to receive us unto himself. What he's saying here now, from whence also we look again. Tremendous when we look at that we look. There's a lot of different ways that you can look at something. As a matter of fact, before anybody speaks, a lot of times you know what's going on in their mind, their attitude, just because of the look. You ever had anybody give you a look of disgust? I mean, they, who in the world are you? Maybe even a look of anger, hatred. You know what's going on because they look at you in that way. Well, in the original, when we look, it, it literally, the word in the original means that we eagerly look with anticipation. Man, we're not angry about this. We're not upset about it. We're not disappointed about it. We're looking, eagerly anticipating the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, look, my citizenship is already in heaven. And I'm looking to that place because that's where Jesus is coming from. I'm eagerly anticipating, waiting for His return for a lot of reasons. You see, He's returning for us to take us to a prepared place. But there is a problem. If heaven is a perfect place and must remain a perfect place in order to be eternal, it can only be filled with perfect people. And I'm afraid I have to, I'm a long, long, long way from that. So what are we going to do? I've got a citizenship there. Jesus is going to come back from there to get me. But yet, man... <laughs> If he takes me up there like I am, the place will be destroyed. It won't be heaven anymore. For our conversation, our citizenship is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. When he does come, notice the next word there. Who? Jesus. Who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things. Yes, my citizenship is there. And Jesus, I'm looking at man eagerly any day now, he's going to come from there to get me. But when he comes, he's going to change this vile body. The change is going to take place. Now, I'm telling you, that ought to make you happy even if you're a mad Baptist. It ought to put a smile on your face. And maybe even want you to wave a little hand and wave to heaven and say, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Jesus Christ is coming back. There is this glorious place that we're going to look more about. And my citizenship is there. And Jesus, though, is coming back from there one day to take me back for the first time. My citizenship's there, but I've never been there. But before he can take me home, 
before he can take me to that country where my citizenship is at, he's going to change me. <laughs> he's going to change me. He's going to change these vile, sinful bodies, he said, into a glorious body just like he is, just like the Lord Jesus Christ. He's there. He's perfect. He's in that perfect environment. And so that he can take us back there to the place that he's prepared for us, he's going to prepare us as a people. He's going to take away that old vile, sinful body that we still have to fight with every day. And he's going to change it into a glorious body just like his. You see, a change takes place the moment that you accept Jesus Christ into your life, into your heart. Your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. You are made a citizen of this place called heaven as certain as it can be. Now that you belong to Christ, He's prepared a place for you and we're eagerly awaiting His return to take us to that place where our citizenship is at, where He's prepared a place for us. Now, Day by day in our Christian walk, we ought to be being conformed more and more to the image of Christ. That's a part of our lives down here as a Christian, as being like Him. But it's only going to be upon His return that that change will be made complete. You see, citizenship is certain if you know Jesus Christ. And the coming of Christ to get you, to take you back... That's certain. That's absolute certain. But the change is complete. You've been changed. You see, your inner man is already righteous and glorious because God sees you in Jesus Christ, if that's where you are. But when he returns, your body in which you reside, that's going to be made, he says, like unto his glorious body. The only reason that you can have Confidence in that is because that he is the one that's doing it, not you. Listen, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. I don't care how vile that you are. I don't care how big a sinner that you are. I don't care how messed up that you are. Jesus is able. He's the one that's able to subdue all things unto himself. He's the one that's going to be changing you. I want to give you this passage in closing this morning. In 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. He says in verse 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. That's how you got your citizenship, folks. <laughs> because when you became his child, you got it by birthright. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. You see, heaven is a place. It's a prepared place that has been specially and specifically prepared by God for a prepared people that Jesus Christ himself has, is, and will prepare so that we can abide together with God for all of eternity. Heaven.
place, a prepared place for a prepared people. Father, I thank you this morning that as we try to look and grasp and understand this place called heaven, oh, Father, thank you for these wonderful, glorious truths. And Lord, as we try to look a bit further into just getting a picture of what you have in store for us, though eyes have never seen or ears heard in this life anything like it. But Father, as we are gathered here this morning, you know if under the sound of my voice right now, if there's anyone here that doesn't have that assurance, they may have all kinds of things. They may have the best intentions. They may have all this religion. They may have all these things, but they don't have Jesus. They've never humbled themselves as a sinner They've never sought the forgiveness that can only come through Him. Help them to throw away their religion. Help them to throw away their, their church stuff and all the things that have given them that false hope. Help them to look to Jesus Christ in Him alone. Help them to make their reservation sure right here today. Right here today. Lord, they can make their citizenship in heaven sure. Father, you know the hearts. And for each and every believer... Lord, I pray that you'd help us to rejoice in that which is in store for us. But at the same time, help us to remember, Lord, that for our family, our friends, those we care about, for them to experience this glorious place called heaven, Lord, they can only come through Jesus Christ. Help us to challenge our hearts that we want everybody we care for to be there. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. <music>